good morning. Welcome to Belong Church. I'm so glad that you're here with us. It is day eight of 21 days of prayer that we do twice a year, usually in January and then in August, because it's the two major starting over seasons that we have every year. The first of the year, obviously, for New Year's. And then August is usually when we're heading into school with the kids and summer's over and people are getting back to jobs and vacations are over. I saw a funny meme this week that said, I can't believe that spring break is almost coming to an end. Of course, that was very funny because, of course, spring break, you know, was right when Corona started. So now, you know, here we are. And it was, that was probably more funny to me than it should be, but I thought that was very funny. But here we are at this time, and while it's the time we normally do it, it's very appropriate that we focus on prayer. We've just finished our one first week going from day one all the way through, and I, I hope you're joining us at six o'clock in the morning and then on Saturday at eight o'clock. So how many, we show hands, how many of you are joining us? If you're not, man, you just pick up now. It'll be great. 6 a.m., the same way you're watching us right now, whether it's on Facebook or on YouTube, you can simply go and you see we're live actually going on at that time. So it's a great, great opportunity for us to come together and, and just really learn about prayer. And in fact, that's kind of what I want to talk about this morning. And, and some of the things that we talk about typically during 21 days of prayer, I, I've never ever brought it really into a Sunday message. And I pretty much just left the messages for the individual. And, and if you're not familiar with it, the way the hour goes from 6 to 7 is a short message, 10 to 15 minutes in the very beginning. Then we have a time of devotion and prayer and seeking out. We have a prayer guide. And let me just tell you right now, if you haven't got the prayer guide, we're going to be talking about it this morning. So you can go to our website, www.belongdfw.com, and you'll see the, the banner at the very top, the blue that says Pray First. Simply click on it, and it immediately will take you to our prayer guide in a PDF form that you can download. But typically, we, we just have that 30 minutes additional time to, to seek into the Word of God. And we looked at last Sunday the scripture in 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14, that, that Jesus, not sorry, that, um, that God is speaking. He goes, if my people, and I'm not going to re-preach that message, but he goes on to say four very, very important things by way of review. The first one is, if my people will humble themselves. And we looked and saw that means the bended knee. That means I, I'm giving up control of my life and say, okay, God, I'm going to surrender to you. So that's the number one thing. That's the very first thing. And if you've never surrendered to God, and maybe that's even foreign language to you, if you're just you know new to church or new to checking things out, it simply just means I recognize that I can't always do it myself. I can't always do life the only way that I know how or what I think. But I got to now give you a shot, God. Let you have a chance to show me how is the best way and to lead me in that path. Surrender is really what that word comes down to. So humble yourself, meaning to I'll get down on a bended knee and I'll, I'll just say, God, I'm surrendering my life to you. And then the next one is pray, which is the focus of what we're doing for these 21 days. And it's not just for 21 days. It's something, it's an attitude that we should have. And, and hopefully it is, it's certainly my hope that as we're going through this focus on prayer for these 21 days and the, the days leading up to it, 
that maybe you'll even see a shift in your life that after 21 days, maybe one little component, maybe two components, or maybe several will actually change. I know in January, and we, we typically fast in January, and we don't in August. And this particular um, season, because of COVID and all the unrest and the riots and the elections coming up, and just there's a lot of turmoil, Pastor Chris has challenged all of us, and we're participating in the 21 Days with Church of the Highlands and the Grow Network and all the other ARC churches. But he's challenged us to, to step out and to fast in, in a period of time. And I, again, I talked about that last week. So if you missed that, I, I encourage you to go and watch that video and, and catch up on what that means. And you'll see a lot more details about that. But, but typically, we only fast in January. And every year, I, I've been giving up. And it should cost you something. And that's, we kind of talked about that last week as well. And for me, for the longest time, sweet tea was the primary thing. I, I, I would have to have sweet tea, and I would drink a lot. I would drink water all during the day, but man, when it hit dinner time, buddy, it is on. I'm having two or three glasses, and then I'll take a big one to go, and I'm filling a half a gallon to help me get through the night and just you know keep it going all night long. So I've got that steady stream of sugar. So I would always give up sugar and the sweet tea particularly, and man, it was, you talk about costing you something, it was costing me something because, man, it was tough for me. So that was one of the sacrifices that I gave for 21 days of prayer and fasting. But over the many years of doing this, this past January, as I started it, at the end of the fasting where I would normally be counting down, looking at the clock, ready for it to be 11.59 and 59 seconds, boom, it's midnight, let me have some sweet tea, and just slurp it all down. I said, you know what? I really don't need this. And see, what I'd given up just as something that was costing me something as this token, this offering to God, then ended up changing into my lifestyle was changed as a result. So maybe, I said I'll have to say this, maybe even in the focus of prayer, something's going to change in you that you say, hey, man, I need to give a little bit more attention to prayer every day or maybe every week or, you know, whatever your time period would be. Well, I mentioned the, the prayer guide, so if you've got your prayer guide, if you, I've given you time to download it now with kind of the preamble and the catching you up to speed with it. So if you have it, I want to invite you to turn to page four. And we looked at this on day one, I'm sorry, day two of, of 21 Days of Prayer. And I just want to bring everybody, because I know there are people who are watching the actual video that maybe you didn't get a chance to to participate with us. And I don't want to just leave us. I felt like it was really good for us to circle back and for us to all be on the same literal page, if you will, give me that pun that's there. So we'll see on page four, it's talking about creating a lifestyle of prayer. And the third thing in Second Chronicles says to seek God. And that means literally in an atmosphere of worship and prayer to, to read and to dig down deep inside. And that's really what the purpose of the prayer guide is all about. On page four, it says, creating a lifestyle of prayer. And there's three components, having a certain time. Anything that you have as a dream that you would have, if, if you put it down on paper, it becomes goals. It becomes a vision. 
And then when you put action to it, it becomes a reality. And that's just been really stirring up in me lately. And so as we have a dream of what we want, and God, I ask you for this thing and these prayer requests, and and I put intentionality to it that I'm going to pray at a certain time. That's why we do it intentionally in January and intentionally in August. Intentionally at 6 o'clock in the morning to 7 o'clock weekdays and at 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock on Saturdays. Sunday, we count the service as the, the time that's there. Certainly, if you want to add more in that and spend other time, certainly. But this is kind of the minimum. This is just the, 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 the pattern that we're using. But we see that we need to have a certain time. It, it says that Jesus got up early in the morning to spend time with his heavenly Father. And I've never been a morning person. I'll just tell you right now. I'm a night person all of my life. I remember even being in high school and probably earlier than that, that I would go to bed at 9 o'clock in obedience to my parents. And I would sit there and just stare at the ceiling until like midnight when I would finally go to sleep. Sometimes later than that. And it's just like I'm wired that way. And I was always told that Jesus rose up early in the morning I can't even say this with a straight face. But and I, I always thought I was just missing it. But then I realized that Jesus was in Israel, and they're in an entirely different time period than we. So Jesus' morning is actually our nighttime. So I am more holy than all of you morning people. I'm just saying that right there. I'm just joking, of course. But he, he rose up early in the morning to spend time with God. And I, I think it's more about creating that time that, that it's got to be early in the morning. It's when you can do it, you have, you set intentionality of when that certain time is. The next one is to have a certain place. So you find this place that you, maybe you create a prayer closet. Maybe it's a chair. Maybe you create this little environment that, that is just there for you that, you know, hey, this is where I'm going to go when I have my time with God. And I'm going to have my prayer guide there. I'm going to have a journal there. I'll have my Bible there. Maybe I have some worship music playing. And Pastor Chris says he's got a candle there. He likes to light a candle. I'm not a candle person, so that doesn't do anything for me. But whatever that is, create that certain place. Number three is to have a certain plan. See, we have a, a time, and we have a place, and we have a plan. So for us with 21 days, it is to actually say, okay, we're all getting together at 6 o'clock in the morning, and the replay is there for 24 hours. So even in that, if you can't do it till after work, then maybe make that time at, say, 6 o'clock at night your time. Michael's volunteered to do the 9 o'clock at night version of 21 Days of Prayer, and I think he would lead that every day for that time, particularly if he didn't have to be here at 6 o'clock in the morning. That just cracks me up. But it's to have these three things. And, and, and by way of an introduction, that's kind of the focus. Is this is just setting the place for where we're at. So turning the next page, we see in Luke chapter 11, the disciples came to Jesus and they said, teach us how to pray. Now, I think it's interesting because we saw that Jesus had a certain time. He had a certain place. He had this regiment of leaving them and going up to pray. And I believe that he would leave them at night to go and pray, and he'd come back and sleep. And then sometimes he would get up early in the morning, and and they'd wake up, and they're probably like wiping the sleep out of their eyes and like, where's Jesus? Oh, yeah, he's praying. And they probably didn't know a lot what was going on, but they saw the power in his life, and they saw the things. And so they came to him and said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. 
And can I tell you that prayer is a very private thing. Typically, it's not done in front of lots of people. So you might not know naturally how, in quotations, to pray. You may have never been shown a pattern. You may have never seen a pattern of prayer. And I remember Dutch Sheets talking about when he first got to Christ for the Nations as a student, that he was there in a prayer time, and he didn't know how to pray. He didn't know what to do. And it's just like, he would just like say, thank you, God, for this food. And, you know, I'm, I'm giving a little liberty of remembering the story. So, you know, it may not be exactly. But he said he sat beside this person from another country, and he watched them, and he said, man, they're really into it. And this person would just rock back and forth praying. He's like, uh, this guy really knows what's going on. He goes, so I'm going to do the same. And, and he said he patterned after that guy into this day when he prays, he still rocks. Not because it's a religious form. It's just that's the pattern he saw. So I love the fact that the disciples came to Jesus and said, you know, we don't see what happens when you go up that mountain. We don't see what happens when it's just you and God. So teach us how to pray. And you may have heard me say, but this is interesting to me. This is the only thing that's recorded that they ever asked Jesus to teach them. Jesus was a wealth of information and knowledge, but this is the one thing that they came to him and said, please teach us. So then on page five in the, the following several pages, this is where we have the breakdown of Jesus teaching the disciples. And if you look at Luke chapter 11, verse 2, some very interesting things Jesus said. When you pray. And I, I just want to pause there for a second. When you pray. Not if you. Not it's probably a good idea if you do. Maybe someday you should think about it. No, we see even in this response of Jesus, intentionality, when you pray. It's not optional. This is not getting religious on you. This should be a part of our life. This should be a regular part of our life. You know, we have the first 15 that we talk about all the time, that when you wake up in the morning, you do 15 minutes, the first 15 minutes, and you get five minutes in prayer and five minutes in worship and five minutes to just um, read your Bible, reading the one-year Bible or, you know, whatever thing. But you just put, when you pray, he goes on, verse, uh, chapter 6. You'll see it breaks it down, and, and just about every page has another part of it. And we're, we're going to look at it in great detail, but pretty quickly here. He starts off with, our Father in heaven. And right there, just stopping right there, he's like, hey, we're just going to start off acknowledging that this prayer is vertical. This isn't about anybody else around. So that's probably why you guys didn't know how I pray, because this isn't about you. This is about our Father who's in heaven. I, I'm putting my focus and my gaze here. The, the prayer guide says this. God isn't interested in us practicing religion. Instead, he desires a relationship with us. You see, it's not just about us fulfilling some check boxes. 
When you pray, is isn't just, okay, let me see. I accept my timer. Okay, I, 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 I'm done. It is completely about being in relationship with God. In the next page, on page 7. Hallowed be your name. See, the first part is to, to set the attention that we're vertical. We're talking, God, this is about you. And then the next thing I'm going to do is address you and say, you're holy. Your name is holy. See, if I put God's name in a higher place in my life, then it has a higher place of authority in my life. Hallowed be your name. You go on to see down below the different names of God that he's listed during the Bible. He's God, our righteousness, that he makes us clean. God is our sanctifier. He's called us and set us apart. He's our healer. He heals all our diseases. He's our banner of victory, and, and so on. You can read them. And, and I'll also point out at the bottom that there's a prayer at every one of these conjunctures that you can see what to pray. And as you're breaking it down, as you're focusing in, as you're seeking through this time, and maybe this is what you want to do during the 30-minute time we have, or maybe you're going to find time, and maybe it just is going to intrigue you. You just walk through this, and there's an opportunity for you to pray that prayer. Next, on page eight, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this one is the most amazing and astounding scripture to me. Because first I'm acknowledging that this is a vertical prayer. God, this, you're in heaven. Father, this is about you. Then I'm giving you your glory and I'm ascribing that your name is high. Your name is set apart. Your name is holy. Then I'm saying your kingdom come. Where's it coming? Where is it from? Where is it? It's in heaven. And if it's coming, it's coming to earth. Continues on. Let your will be done. God, what do you have in mind for earth? Let me make it a little bit more personal. What does he have in mind for your life? What does he have in mind for your experience today? Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And one of the, the points that I love to always when I'm talking about this is this is mirrored to what we do as the United States with having ambassadors and having embassies. And the embassies, though they're in a foreign country, that ground is actually considered to be U.S. soil as much as if it was here in our country, within our borders and our boundaries. So much so that the laws that are of the United States within the confounds of that embassy, it's the same laws. Even though they may have different laws and different views on everything outside that, within that, even though it's in a foreign nation, it's the same laws that is there. And the same thing is for them when they're here and they're in their embassies, that's their sovereign soil, even though it's on our ground physically. And that's a great picture of what God has for us. That he's got this great kingdom up in heaven, but he sent us here on earth for just a short period of time. And when we're bringing heaven from there to here, it's done through us. 
Jesus says you're supposed to pray it. When you're praying the disciples' prayer, the third point is to say, God, I acknowledge that your kingdom's up here, but I need to bring it down to here. In other words, I need to bring God into every part of my daily life. Continuing on, give us this day our daily bread. Give us today what is today's. And bread could mean food like we're going to eat. It could also mean finances. In, in another place in Matthew 6, he talks about don't give thought for tomorrow. It's got its own things that'll be there tomorrow. Consider the lilies of the field and consider the birds in the air. They don't give any thought for tomorrow and my father takes care of them. It's like, worry with what is here today. Let me change that from being worried. Put your focus on what is today. Give us today our daily portion. God, that you're with us in everything that we do. The next page, page 10. Again, we're breaking down Luke chapter 11, where Jesus is teaching them how to pray. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive our missing it, even as we forgive those who have trampled and pinched us. And we just saw a couple of weeks ago the, the entire message that Jesus talked about that. So I'm not going to go back into that in that great detail. But God has forgiven us such a great, great thing of our having missed it and constantly missing it and finding ourselves wanting. So forgive us today. And let us forgive those who are around us. And, and, and you may have heard me during the, the day on Thursday when we were talking about this. But I believe that there's another layer in that. Not only is it forgive us our debts to God, but Lord, help us to understand that I need to seek forgiveness for those that I pinch. And maybe I don't even know it. Maybe someone I do know that I pinched them. And I, that's just a, a weakness. And I just need to get that fixed. But let me recognize to forgive me for the times that I've missed it and then those who, for, who miss it with me. And I continue on on page 11. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And, and this one always tripped me up a little bit growing up because how would God lead us into temptation? Oh, he's going to lead us into temptation if, if I don't pray this. No, I believe it's, it's let, fo set my focus on listening to you, God, because if I listen to you, I'm not going to be led towards the world's way. I'm always going to be led towards God's way. And Lord, in that process, my daily prayer by Jesus' standard is to pray that you deliver me from the evil one. And if, if you'll allow me to go back to John 10.10, 10, the devil has come, Jesus said, to rob, kill, and destroy you. He wants to take everything from me and let it turn into rubbish but I've come to give you life. But guess what? To go that life, I've got to turn my back on the evil one. Jesus says here, deliver us, lead us in the path away from the evil one. But can I tell you, when you're being led in a way, you need to know who you're following. And I believe that's the healthy part of what Jesus is doing here. Saying, I want you to put your focus on 
I'm the one leading you. He continues on, page 13. We've started with God. It's a vertical prayer. You're, you're in heaven. Your name is holy. Let your kingdom be done. And now as we finish this up, he says, and yours is the kingdom. For God, this is all about you and the power. So can I tell you like this? I can't do all the things that Jesus just asked us to pray without God's empowering me. You can't make it through your day with all the struggles and all the things that are going to come flying at you without God empowering you. For it is God who gives me the strength. He's strong in my weakness. We looked at that it's God who is with us in the trials. That's the greatest thing. Don't turn your back on God when you're going through a struggle. Recognize that that struggle is there. And he is right there with you. And when it's all said and done, it's not about how great of a person I am. That I'll be patting myself on the back and say, look, I've arrived. Man, I do everything that Jesus said in that prayer. How great am I? No. And all the glory is yours. The last scripture to look at today is Matthew 6, 16. It's another when you. The title of my message today is when you dot, dot, dot. We saw in Luke chapter 11, verse 2, when you pray, but in Matthew 6, 16, he says, and when you fast. Another one of those things that he's not saying, hey, it's a good idea. Hey, if you ever want to think about it, no, he's saying, this is something you should schedule. But I love this about God. Notice he didn't say, you got to do it on this date, on the first, the dead, the dead, the dead, the dead, and lay it all down for legalism. He's saying, it's in your court when you pray, when you fast. So I challenge you, on day eight, you just heard a message about prayer and fasting. I challenge you to take the next step, and that is to participate. Take your prayer guide, seek him out, and join us. Whether it's at six o'clock in the morning, if you're able to, man, that's a great sacrifice he's worthy of. If it's during the day to watch the replay, that's great too. But I challenge you to step out in probably something that's new. And when you pray and when you fast, I challenge you to find one day this week, fast one meal. We talked about it in great detail last week. Set aside that during that time, if it's lunch, I'm not going to eat, but I'm going to spend that time reading my prayer guide, reading my Bible, praying, praying over my list, the things I'm asking you for, God. And then when I feel a hunger pain because I didn't eat, that's like, oh yeah, I'm fasting. God, I pray for that thing. And I, I said last week, it can be a 10-second prayer. It can be a five-second prayer. God, I pray for this situation. 
I pray for my child. I pray for my wife, my spouse, my, uh, my co-worker, my, this person who's battling this, this, this family that needs this. Whatever it is, you can say it just like that, and then you can go on. And then you feel another hunger pain. God, I pray for this. Let that be a reminder to you when you pray, when you fast. Please bow your heads. So where do you find yourself today? I hope you find yourself challenged. Because we all should be challenged to follow what Jesus said of when you pray and when you fast. He gives us the liberty and he gives us the the freedom to choose. But choose. There's so much life and maturity that happens when you pray and when you fast. But maybe you're just still checking everything out or maybe this is your first time. Maybe somebody shared the URL with you and said, hey, follow along with us. Maybe this is all new to you. Maybe you don't even know what it means to be in a relationship and know that God wants to be a relational God with you. Maybe that's the first time you've heard that. It's not about joining a church. It's certainly not about joining this church. It is about communing with God. The same way I painted the picture that God wants to have a personal relationship with you that's unique to you. Jesus had it. He was our example. The disciples saw it and they they were so drawn to it. They said, teach us what it is you do. If that's you today, I want to invite you to say this prayer with me. It's very simple. I'll help you with the words. Say, God in heaven, I ask you to come into my life. I thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price for all my mistakes. I ask you into my heart, show me the direction you want me to go. Lead me, and I will follow. In the best way I know how, I'm going to serve you and follow you. In Jesus' name I pray. Father, I now pray for everybody who prayed that prayer. Lord, I pray for all of us that are learning intentionality about when we pray and when we fast. God, I thank you that this is challenging to every single one of us on different levels. But that's who you are. That's the relationship you have with us. A father that is one way with a teenager and another way with a, a preteen and another way with a toddler and another way with a five-year-old. You're so kind and gentle with all of us. I give all this to you. Jesus name. If that's the first time you've prayed that prayer or you're coming back to God, I want to encourage you to take the next step. And it's simply to text the word connect to 469-289-1114. And it's nothing It's going to bind you to anything. No one's going to show up at your house. You're not going to get a free loaf of bread. It's just simply a way for us to communicate with our text communication system to let you know what your next steps are if you'd like to take them. Again, that's text the word CONNECT to 
1-4. And I, I encourage you to send your testimonies in, and you'll see a way at the end of the, the video that you can see all the different ways you can connect with us that is there. And now I want to pray over you as we close in prayer. Father, I thank you that prayer changes things. Lord, that prayer isn't just something we do as a religious routine or an exercise. But God, it is part of us exercising our faith with you. It's part of us stepping out and trusting you and seeing you come through. It is us coming to you because you say you have not because you don't ask. Lord, it's this whole part of being persuaded, having faith. Lord, I speak a blessing over everyone who's participating. Lord, I speak a blessing over everyone who paid their tithes this week. Lord, and even as I was thinking last week and just meditating and praying over everyone, Lord, and not just this week's tithes, but the tithes that they've been putting in and, and the, the ones from last year and the ones from five years ago and all those seeds that are starting to grow up, Father, I continue to bless those. Lord, I thank you that you have a great plan for our lives. Lord, I speak a blessing over everyone who's stepping out in faith to follow you. Maybe those that don't really understand the prayer, but said, I'm going to pray it just to step out. I'm going to give you a shot. Lord, for those of us who are going to take it to the next level with when we pray and when we fast, God, that you're right there with us. That Jesus gave an example that we can follow. Father, I give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Watch to the end and you'll see ways that you can connect and give.